This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You don't even go football anymore, do you? I mean, come on. Let's be serious. Going, going to West Ham game, though. Are you? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, um, I'm going back. Roy has uh, has made me so happy with Palace. I can't wait to see. Yeah, Palace you know what? You know, no you comment. Know. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you were actually doubting whether to get a season ticket or not. I was very, very surprised when I heard that because I thought you was in for the long haul. It's money, isn't it? It's I'm I'm investing money in something. I live fur- I live further away now. I have other commitments. And it's it's not just it's the money I have to pay for the ticket, the money I have to pay for the travel, and the time right. out of my day. It never used to matter really that whether I would, you know, if I had to get up at four in the morning and get on a minibus to Middlesbrough, I didn't really care that <laughs> I wouldn't be back home until four the following morning, and it, none of it really mattered. And I could get up and, and do my job. But, no, but it's just I can't do my my job, uh, and and live my life with that little sort of free yeah. time anymore you know the only time you need to switch off football used to be how i switched off but it it's not like that anymore right so i'm on the waiting list by the way for the season yeah. tickets. <laughs> i uh, figured i might get one <laughs> i'm well, serious go. i'm gonna get one i yeah. i can fly home like twice yeah i'm gonna fly home i want to make sure i need a reason to come home and i right now yeah. i mean just going to every, you know an occasional game is great but like i you know i remember i'm retired i've got a lot of free time i mean you know, relatively speaking, mm. I do stuff. I'm not, you know, so if I get a season ticket, I'll, you know, I'll come home maybe, you know, once in the autumn and then maybe in the spring and watch like, you know, three matches in a row, that kind of thing. So if not, yeah, give it to my brother or my nephew or someone or one of you guys and have my, t- I don't really care about that. It's not about the money because it's not. No. Lucky, well, that um, seems to be, okay, that right. seems to be the way, isn't it? Of, you know, just, just having your ticket and then sharing it with a few people. Um, exactly. Other exactly. people having commitments and stuff like that. So, right. I don't know. Exactly. It's hard. It's hard for me to, to contemplate giving it up. I understand given, that. Given how long I've had it and given, yep. you know, I mean, you know, the loyalty points are all there, aren't they? Like 8,000 odd. <laughs> parish points, can, parish, parish points. points. I can go to any <laughs> any game or whatever. It's just like, yeah. I don't know. You know you know what happened and it's a horrible thing to start talking about because Roy's back and we've won three games in a row, but he fucking killed it for me. <laughs> he absolutely killed it. Like, people don't get last, that right do no, you remember our watch alongs no. when me you yeah. and dr did them oh. doing it? it was it was so and even yeah nick was on it It was so painful and nick again gave, i appreciate what he's yeah. done i really do but man i just still can't get over it i'm just i'm so mentally i just still haven't gotten over it and again i love that we we're winning i'll get into it when we start i love that we're winning i really appreciate what he's done but still i, I have a I'm, i just i can't get over it i just i'm just Mentally, I just I'm just really stubborn. Like I really have a hard time saying, you know what? Mm. <sighs> but it's better to watch, and we are winning, so I'm not gonna dwell on it. But it's still, it's Mikey just, just wrote still... five year contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would kill me. That would absolutely. But you know, do. But you know no, what it is? It's like I don't like. I don't really want to get into it on the the, the show proper because. <laughs> Exactly, me either. The, per- the person. Don't put the this person... in the show, Mikey. Don't put it in. Please don't, yeah. do not put this in the beginning, please. I beg you. Oh, he, he will. It it's fine. But of course he will. Like, like, you know show. what I mean? It's like, so Nick and Clute, like met, replied to a comment for somebody. I, I, I'll be honest, I have muted because not yeah. because I don't like people on Twitter having different opinions to me or anything like that, or even being quite confrontational to me. I'm happy to engage, but 
Um, like you and I have talked about before, Patrick, if someone is is abrupt or rude to me for no good reason, yep. I it's I just it. don't I just don't engage with them at all. I exactly. And right. you replied Monday replied, God knows what yeah, you've been like before. Yeah, pre apnea, I would have <laughs> hunted them down and murdered them. But exactly. But like. I, but I, I, don't, I just don't feel the need to engage with it for my own sort of mental well-being. So they're, they're shouting into the ether uh, unless yep. somebody else engages with it that I do follow. Thanks, Nick. And exactly. So like, and so I ain't going to name the person, but they they reply and start giving me and you, Patrick, stick for being. I'm sorry. off. Yeah, I'm I off. Even I, there, since, yeah, I am so. Happy, I am so happy yeah. not to be the, on that the, the app anymore. Is, but I haven't finished your saying. Like apparently, yeah. like we, we have to. We have to revise our opinion. Fall in line, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. like, well, good luck actually, with that. No, no I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> good luck wrong. with that. Like, I, I am massively surprised and very, very happy about it's the fact same that we've won three yep. in a row. But, but like, I don't feel it's the same. We're not talking about the same thing. We're talking about someone coming back in with like it's a it's a shot to nothing, isn't it? You know, we're not talking about someone building <laughs> building a team, building a squad in 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 you know gelling in new players which was a massive failure giving youth the chance a massive failure 18 18 months of just playing the same fucking team over and over and over and it just dying slowly on the vine i appreciate that there were things we could have done with the squad but let's not revise history right that's what happened we had we had an 18 months of steady fucking decline where we refused to sign like refused to sanction signings that were lined up to make us a better team. And that's yeah. why he was moved on. If he was the best yeah. manager we've ever had, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have moved him on. We moved him on because he'd he'd shut down from what we were trying to do. He then right. went to Watford and, and failed there. And like and now he's and he's come back and he's got the opportunity to work with a better squad and get the best out of some of the decent players we have here. But there's and no real pressure it. on him. Right. And he's done it. He's exactly. done a fantastic right. job. And I'm so happy right. we we yep. get to talk about him in a completely different light and we get to enjoy, you know, Roy, who's a proper palace man, coming back to palace and yep. sorting out some some problems that we had, right? Great. I could be happy about that and still think <laughs> it's a fucking dumb thing to accept Vieira. Thank you. Exactly. Um, well, I can still th- I can still think that Vieira would have won these last three games and the team's confidence would have grown. But I also have to accept that the sacking of, we'll of Vieira, right. we won't ever know. But but I have to accept <laughs> the sacking of Vieira and changing it for Hodgson was a really strong piece of work by the board that I didn't th- I didn't see it working, and it did. I was wrong and about that. Yeah, like yep. I was definitely wrong about that. I didn't think it would work, but it's given you the the bounce. It's given a something for the players to focus on. I think they were probably shocked, weren't they? They probably thought, "Oh, what <laughs> the fuck!" Like everybody else did. Why the fuck are you sacking Vieira? He's just got through the. Hardest part of the season. Now we've got the easy games, Ed. What the hell are you doing? Second, that's terrifying, you know. Right. Um, right. And that's shake, shaking everybody into into life. But you have to look at the people like certainly look at Eze, different player in the under Roy. Hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway, we've done the show, so that's it. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hambling and today I have with me Patrick O'Connor and Nicholas Gillard. And we'll be talking about all things to do with a third victory on the bounce for Roy Hodgson's Palace. And it and it isn't like 2017. It's like it, it's 2023. <laughs> Amazing. And Roy Hodgson's Palace. Anyway, um, there we go. So yeah, I suppose. According to my clock. It's it's what sorry eighteen twenty nine yeah yeah I think you've uh, for once again Nick misunderstood time haven't you yeah yeah um, anyway um, look uh, we're just going to get straight into it I think um, no no real kind of major structure I appreciate that things other things happened in the kind of palace sphere but um, <laughs> most of what we're focused on at the moment is um is obviously a three wins on the bounce and really just getting into the, the discussion and the debate around you know what's what's different how much credit do we give you know to the the change of manager and the confidence that the um that the team are now playing with um you know how how do we generally feel generally feel about you know the future, I guess, really. What, where do we go from here? Are we, are we, a couple more wins away from the clamour for for Roy to stay another year, or is that uh, is that kind of impractical, or do we just 
maybe maybe just give Roy 10 games at a time <laughs> does that work I don't know um but uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll kind of just talk about the match and, and everything around um look, off the top of my head I know the 18s played the weekend didn't they I think it was 3-3 against Norwich um correct right but a lot, lot of changes there I think Patrick every time I, I see the lineup or look at the goals it seems like there's new players playing and a couple of playing up from from levels below um I know we've recently brought in is it Frank Aruma, uh, correct from from somewhere in Ireland. I forget which team. Who's who seems to be in the goal straight away, um, but um, yeah, but a sort of late equaliser. I think it was in in, in the three three two one at half time, ended three all. Um, don't know if you saw any of that. I watched all of it. Um, <laughs> I'm really into the I'm really into the kids uh, the academy. But what happened was. Um, I'm assuming a couple of the players on the 18s, the centre halves, are injured because he played yesterday. He being Rob Quinn, he played a couple of uh, like uh, fullbacks at centre half. He moved one of the midfielders back to um, centre half also. So one of my, I think it's Jamide is one of them. Is really really mm-hmm. good. He might be up in the 21s for the rest of the season. I'm not really sure. Um, but um, it was you know he had a uh, Leon Elliott who's a uh, under 15 from uh, last year's. Um, uh, the Floodlit Cup team was in, on the bench. Another kid came on, um, played coming on late, played left back. But it was a good, good, good display. I really like what I'm seeing from the from the uh, 18s. I mean, players like Nascimento are playing really well for the future. The kid they got at um, right back, Finley Marjoram. Watch him for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we got him. We got him recently. Big, strong, really quick. Size is excellent for a right back. You know, we all know how right back our situation isn't great for the future. I really like him at right back. But just in general, I mean, Dylan Reed, the other kid they got from Ireland, was captain for the day yesterday. Uh, uh, wasn't he St Johnston or something in Scotland? Wasn't he? Dylan oh, the Reed? Scottish kid. He's Scottish yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's um, Ars- Cormac Austin. Sorry, it's Irish kid yeah. they got. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but um, um, captain yesterday's game played really well. I mean, the only show I have with them is defensively they're not really great. Um, they put a lot of pressure on the goalkeeper. Um, yesterday's was uh, Jackson Ischietto played the keeper yesterday. But just going forward, man, some of the attacking players, again, Nascimento, Sokolice, Marsh, Zach Marsh at striker, very, very good. And that doesn't, I mean, and that, you know, yesterday we didn't have, um, Junior Dixon didn't play yesterday. Uh, Agbenoni didn't play yesterday. You know, a lot of, you know, other strikes. So, I mean, the future is really bright for the 18s. I mean, again, 3-3, they're not going to win the league yesterday, actually, officially, West Ham clinched the division. So we're going to win the league anyway. We're going to end up probably second or third, which is fine. But if he's really bipped eighteen, it really is. That's good to hear, and uh, we appreciate the the extra, um, yeah, the extra depth to to my vague recollections from reading. <laughs> nah, I love watching them play. So yeah, no, that's good. No to, really good to hear. And um, yeah, I, I suppose bringing through another right back, maybe one that can play a season and a half, and we can sell to Man United for fifty million. I don't know. Could <laughs> um, be nice, and, and then buying back. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what yeah, happens. So um, one other thing probably worth chatting about before we get back into the game detail is um, the Palace loan system is is kind of looking interesting at the moment. We've got a fair few people out um, and we're starting to see some some success. It's quite, I don't want to say rare, but I suppose it is to some degree. Um, but obviously Jez Raksaki is, is the kind of standout at the moment. Um, just basically been, he's been Charlton's best player by far. There's a lot of conversation on their message boards and stuff about the fact they're refusing to vote for him for player of the season because he's a Palace player but he clearly has been their player of the season I think it's something like I think it's 19 19 goal involved contributions 12, right, yeah, 12 right. for the season I think a yeah. couple of really stunning goals as well um, and just absolutely tearing it up at, at league one level and, and clearly looking like you know 20 years old so looking like probably coming back in the summer, he's he's got to try and push for some involvement at, at Premier League level. I mean, otherwise, a Championship loan next year for sure. But um, but doing really well. The the problem is there, Chris. It, mm. As well as he's doing, um, they can. We we've had players that have done really well elsewhere. You've only got to look at Stephen Dobby, who mm. absolutely tore it up in his sort of last one of his last seasons. I think he's uh, managing Blackpool at the moment. Um, but didn't he? Score a record amount of goals in the season, right? It was a, a lower level, but he he couldn't cut it at first team level. Although he did he wasn't, a very good free he, kick. He wasn't. Terrible. He wasn't a youth player, though, was he? He was a no, thirty-year-old no. no, man. No, <laughs> players who do well at lower leagues don't necessarily do well in the Premier League. No, Harry, Harry I mean, Kane did. Harry Kane did. Just saying. 
There you so go. There are some. So. No, I mean, I mean, it's an interesting one to pull out your ass, Stephen Dobby. I have to say, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why that, that came to mind, but um, but yeah, he was a weird. He's obviously we brought him in on loan to for for a short while, didn't we? And then we were obliged to buy him because we got promoted, um, and we had to sh- just sort of shove him off again. He did he did well for Queen of the South in Scotland twice, and that's all you can really yeah. say about Stephen Dobby. Right, um, you know, that's all I, all I would say. Um, but yeah, other than that, that pre-season game where he scored five in a game um, when we won 13-1 against somebody who I forget, I forget the name of. Say old Chris, when he was absolutely obsessed with Palace. He was on it. He, he, was on it yeah. he would have known that. Terence will know that. Terence, well, that's why the preview show gets all the plaudits. Because Terence still gives a shit. <laughs> old Chris would have commentated on it. Exactly. Damn right. I remember yeah. being moved from my seat by you, sat behind you when you were commentating once. Really? Yes. Yeah, so you, it was at Bromley's ground. I don't know mm. who Palace were playing, but you said within a, about twenty-seven seconds of the game start, you just turned around and told me to fuck off, shut up. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so much these days, but I'll just do that anyway, Nick, because it's yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, like nothing, nothing to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so real quickly, talking about the loan system, I like the fact that um um Hodger was asked a question about it, especially Zach Sakin talked about how he thinks that. He'll have a chance. You know, I think they're going to look at him preseason. But just in general, I think the Shrewsbury loans of um, uh, Street and Phillips are going really well. Street Street scored, scored yesterday, and actually, you know, they're trying to push for promotion. Carlisle, J.K. Gordon's not playing anymore. I'm not sure exactly why they are actually right on the cusp of actually automatic promotion. So maybe the intensity is getting too much for him. I don't know if he's been injured. I don't think he has been. Hasn't really featured that much. But again, just being out there, I think, has been really good for him. Mm. At Bradford. Um, uh, Bank scored again yesterday. They're also looking for promotion out of League One, which is brilliant. Um, and um, in uh, Belgium, I know today, um, Molenbeek with O'Brien, they drew today. They're 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 still top of that promotion um list. And if they get if they finish first place, they'll get promoted from the Belgium second division into the first division, which is also really great for him. Love to see Brian next season in, in the first team. I think he can really do a job. And then lastly is Malcolm Abouye, who's not playing a lot at Hull, but again, just being out, him and Blanchard just kind of out, out at, you know, at Championship and League One level, not really playing. But I think I have to say, I think this season we've got a lot of those loans really right. right. And again, players like Raksaki, O'Brien, Ebowi, for me, Phillips have to be in the first team next season. They have, they have to be. I think they've done much as they can do. And why go out and buy older players who aren't going to necessarily contribute? We can just have some kids go in there and you know get some minutes next season. I think I'd love to see those guys play next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Phillips is is one who kind of came came out of nowhere, wasn't he? Pre season to something. Yeah, and he's not long been with us, obviously. But the, just those, those that those few minutes he got pre season, he looked like it's just the the kind of attitude and the kind of just the the confidence to just slot in and play his game. Um, you know, shows a lot of lot of self belief, and and to then go to to Shrewsbury, like you say, and just be pr- basically their outstanding player, pretty much every game, uh, just yep. dominate at that level. Street has found it harder, hasn't he? Um, he has. Start, he's struggled. Starting a, starting a score, you know, where well, he's got, I think he's got two, maybe two or three for the season. Um, which again, but he, you know, he often gets plaudits for playing well and and doing the hold up play well. But you got to say, you know, probably probably not gonna going to make it at the top level but but are still a very good player um so like you say getting those loans right and it's it's nice to it's nice to see but it's all about them coming back and doing something you know if you sort of indulge yourself in the doom and gloom of the message boards and twitter and stuff like that everybody will tell you till they're blue in the face that it's so rare you send a player out on loan at palace and they come back and do better and only everyone only just says john Solarco, don't they and then just directly he went out to Swansea and came back and did really well. But everybody else has yeah. is, never done it. But I don't know if that's true or not. But I, Nick's got his hand up, so let's see. Yeah, at the, at the risk of going things arse about face um, <laughs> on this. Um, with, okay. with, with Raksaki, I've seen it yeah. on the doom and gloom boards that um, he could be the one that fills Wilf's boots, perhaps. If uh, Wilf does go, and you know we've won three games on the spin without Wilf, mm. even as I got, uh, he's just good, too good for you, Charm, which came out of the blue yesterday. Um, so, what are that your thoughts weird, on that? Do we? <laughs> yeah, that you know, was weird it's, yesterday. Yeah, 
Well, we'll talk about that at the end, maybe, when we talked about the game and how we mm. performed without Wolf and whether the, one of these loanies could come in and fill that role rather than paying 200k a week, which is a lot for us anyway. Maybe not the only thing I would say is, is Nick, is that um, watching Max Saki play, he's left-footed, he's an inverted winger, as they call him nowadays, and he plays a lot like uh, Olise and Ebuwe, so he plays on the same side as those guys. So I don't think on the other side, the way kids are brought up now to play, they like to you know play on the opposite sides so they can cut in with their stronger foot and you know shoot, cross the ball. I mean, you see it all the time, Anthony's doing it. Lionel Messi, the most famous player, obviously, who did it. But So I'm not sure if he could play on the Wolf side. Um, So that's an interesting thought. That's the only issue is that uh, he's not going to really... I've never really seen him play on the mm. left side of the floor. He's going to play central and, and right, but not really left side. So. It's, a re- it's a really, really very good point, Patrick. It's not wingers just don't play the, the side. Of they their, don't their on the natural side. You know, they no don't, no yeah. one's getting to the byline and pulling a cross back. It's all about <laughs> hey, whipping that days. ball in. Is it is it a cross or is it a shot kind of angle, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and Elise does that fantastically. And like you say, there's a lot of competition on that side. So weirdly... Not, not really solving any of the problems. Um, uh, one second, Mikey, you might need to add this, uh, edit this out because I've got to open a jar, um, as is my duties. One sec, this is embarrassing. I can't open the jar. <laughs> Live jar opening. <laughs> one sec, uh, it's guys. It's not a door. It's a jar. It's not when it's a when it's a door, not a door. When it's a jar, <laughs> I can't <laughs> open it. And there we go. I did it, everybody. I did it. Oh, no worries. Bye. Congratulations, oh. great job. Well <laughs> no worries. What was um, it a jar of, Chris? It was a, and, I, and how dare you suggest that I'm middle class? It was duck pate. I'm <laughs> um, <How> middle class. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I did it. And that is really the theme of the show. If you persevere and you, and you believe in yourself, and you, even, you can even stop for a little moment and have a cry. Uh, but if you keep going, eventually you will achieve your dreams. And I think, if nothing else, this show will give you that. I bet you said to your your partner, about mm-hmm. 25 minutes in, can you bring a jar in so I can show everybody how strong I am? Well, well Nick, as you know, I plan I these so. shows extensively. They're, they're written <laughs> well in advance. Very um, true, very true. Um, before the game has even been played, I've, I've written everything. There's just some interchangeable sentences. Uh, well, it was easy to do when, when, you... when we were shit under, right? When it was the same thing every week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's last week's notes out. Genuinely, each each week was just ch- change the name of the team we're playing, and it yeah. was just the same thing. But anyway, joke jokes aside, um, <laughs> getting back even to the, the lineup point. was the same. Exactly, it was easy. Um, but no, look, just to just to kind of finish off on that loan thing. Yeah, obviously, yeah, we really really hope that there are um, opportunities for those players that we've talked about. But you know, you you make a really good point, and you said we can talk about it at the end, but. Seeing as you mentioned it, we're going to talk about it now before we get into the really positive stuff of, <laughs> of another win. And that's once again people's attitudes um, about Wilfred Zaha. I, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And Nick, you've kind of said it. It's like, but people go, oh, does he get back in the team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I used done really well, but do you want to pick Jordan IU or do you want to pick Wilfred Zaha? Wilfred Zaha, thanks. And it's not even like, 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 the you know the work rate that and, and the defensive play from Ayu is better than Zaha. Zaha gives you all of that as well. What you want is is the kind of form from other people to continue whilst he's in the side. That's what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's a really easy one. And the other thing is like, is he worth the two hundred grand a week? Blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> probably. These these days, this you know this day and age, uh, it's a lot of money. Like whether on whether I don't think he'll take it. I think he'll he'll want to do something different before his career ends. But people are looking at the fact he's had a couple of muscular injuries this year and they're saying, well, that the decline has started. He's hit 30 years old. He's on his way out. And it's just, I don't think so. He's possibly on his way to being a different player, you know, and he already is, isn't he? He's not, he's not the lightning fast winger who beats players four times over before hitting a low cross into the box. You know, he's, he's a very different player now anyway. So, I think what he gives us is 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 a lot more than than people are currently giving him credit for, um, which is a shame. I don't really understand it. Well, I'll share the stat because we've won only five of our previous thirty four games without without Wilf in the lineup. So you may not think he'd be worth it, but again, five out of thirty four is not a lot of wins without him in the lineup. So think about that going forward. No, exactly. And um, look, we but we do have to plan for a future without him. That's yes, we fact, do. You know, agreed. 
Um, and it's really good that we have, you know, played two and a half games without him and we've won, we've won those, you know? I mean, in fairness, we didn't win half a game. We won the whole game. Um, no, two and a half games. We won two and a half. You're right. All right. We won two and a half games. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to get those, uh, <laughs> those seven and a half points on the board. Exactly. Um, Very important. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it is what it is, right? You know, we've we've done well. We've we've shown that there's a different way of playing, and that's again, that's a feature of us now. It wasn't a feature of us necessarily before. Um, we often seemed devoid of ideas, but um, but we certainly don't have that at the moment. But it's all, you know, so much is about confidence, and so much is about form. So let's talk about the fact that we beat Southampton two nil, um, and let's also be very very honest. You know, once again, it was a first half that wasn't great you know we we struggled and and probably more so than we struggled uh against Leeds and obviously the the goal at half, just before half time against Leeds made a huge difference um but we were also level going into the uh, going into the break um at St Mary's as well and and I honestly think we were fortunate to do that so guys before I, I get your your views on that I think I'll just take the opportunity to to read some of what um, Roy Hodgson had to say after the game and as a, as a kind of starting point for us. And then we can start talking about it, really. So uh, Roy said that we were put under a lot of pressure in the first half and had uh, problems establishing the control we wanted. But that's credit to Southampton. Their passing was good. Their intensity was good. And they have got a lot of fast players which stretched our back four and made them work hard to keep Southampton at bay. In the second half, things changed quite drastically. We got our foot on the ball a lot more, and Eze, Elise and Ayu got into the game. Once again, the back four did a sterling job against Southampton, but when we scored the goals, it made it hard for them. When you're down the bottom, and I know what it's like, you've done well, and you probably think you've done enough to win the game, and you're 2-0 down, that's tough. Uh, I won't read the rest of it out, um, but that's kind of his, his assessment, that Southampton were good first half, rather than we were bad. And I will start there and ask you, Nick, is that your assessment of the first half? Pretty much. They're playing for their lives, Southampton. Um, so they're, they're going to go for it. They weren't that brilliant, has to be said. Uh, Sam Johnston made a really good save. Uh, oh, no, that's the second half, but he, he kept us in it, I think. Um, and, you know, the initial minute, we were right on top of them, weren't we? Right on top of them. And I thought, oh, it's going to be an easy game. I think them being bottom, perhaps we, we thought it was going to be easier than it was. However, we, we stuck at it um, and managed to keep them out. And it, it's the, the second half thing again. If Luckily, we haven't got to play what we call top half, well, top, top half teams um, that are going to punish us like perhaps other teams might have done. But they didn't they haven't really done in the past, even under Vieira. We've we've got to remember some of the games against the bigger teams were very close. We lost them one nil. So um it's just the getting them to express themselves. I liked his uh what he said about um I reminded us of, of some things they might not yet have had time to do in the match yet. Um, <laughs> which is a very nice way <laughs> of saying that he weren't doing that he, what he fucking well told them. <laughs> um a pull behind the curtain. So I thought first half we were pretty poor. Um, again, as Nick rightly says, they were fighting for the lives, so they were all over us, especially midfield. So I, in in the you know our little group chat, I actually had typed the following: Eze's having a nightmare. Now we all know he had a great game. So of course, Terence, after he scores a goal, puts an upside down smiley face in the chat. <laughs> but the truth of the fact was, he was having a very poor first half. I wrote down because I do this. I write I write stats down sometimes just when I when I'm bored. In the first half, he had twenty touches. Edward had 19. Mm-hmm. And that was as a midfielder. So listen, I love Eze. And we can we're getting later on about, you know, why, maybe why, what why is he playing better under a Hodgson? In fact, he's just playing and etc. But he didn't have a great game. And he's, he's done that a few times this season. I mean, I and I I really thought a few times this season he played well. Liverpool were an example, was great Liverpool, that great ball to Wolf, etc. But the point of the season, he played that first half was his entire game. He would not show up. So the fact he bounced back is Phenomenal. He had a great second half. He was unplayable. But the truth of the matter is, first half, he was not very good. And the fact that he bounced back is, is great. But let's not hide the fact that first half, he wasn't great. Who was good in the first half? I mean, I wrote in the same chat, 
that nobody really gets above a six out of ten in that half. Apart from maybe I, who had that lovely burst forward, but nobody ran forward with him. Great point. Mm. You're right. Nobody was I mean, good enough. I'm not going to quote my comments from that chat because I'm a little bit more forthright <laughs> in, you know, in our group chat than I am on the show because, um, you know, <sighs> it's not always good to be completely honest, is it? My, my you know, reactions watching games live, which is, you know, well, we talked about the watch-alongs before in the, in the pre-show, didn't we? And you yeah, used, to see my, used to see my raw emotions in that. And, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's not always conducive to a well-thought-out, well-discussed show that can, considers all the <laughs> angles, all that kind of stuff. I just say say um, unpleasant things. <laughs> so um, rather than quote myself from, from that chat, I'll just say that, you know, I, I maintain that it was a very good job in the first half that the team we were playing against um, should we say lacked quality and belief in the final third? Indeed. Is that a better way of saying than than That's what I said? Great, yeah, great way of saying it. Yeah, there you go. So um, I, I think to, to some degree we have to recognise, and I'm not just saying it to make a point about Hodgson or anything like that. He's done a really good job. I'm just saying we have to recognise we played three teams that are on shaky ground, <laughs> quality wise, um, but we have done a tremendous job to score the goals that we have. Um, and, you know, picking the, the turnaround in, in Eze, you know, as you say, we saw we saw the Eze of most of the season in the first half and we saw what he's actually capable of when he's free-flowing and confident in the second. And, you know, we've managed to get that out of him. And it's been fascinating to, to, to hear the comments from him and from Hodgson as well um, about how that's gone about, how it's been a case of saying, you know, I think the phrase was you be Eze. We'll, we'll, the rest of the team will play you be Eze. <laughs> and I love yeah. that. That's a really good thing to say to somebody like him. Just, you know, that, that gives you that confidence and that belief to go out there and just express yourself. And yeah, it didn't come off for him. He was had a he- heavy couple of touches first half. I think he turned back into trouble a lot, but Southampton were running at a, a tremendous pace and, and closing all the spaces and working incredibly hard. And I think it's fair to say they wouldn't have been able to keep that pace up through the whole game anyway. And our defence gave us the platform for, you know, by weathering that storm. But a better team would have scored two or three goals in that first half against us. So I want to I want to dive a little deeper into this Eze thing. So he's played 31 matches this season, got seven goals, three assists, but clearly he wasn't playing under Vieira. So the question is, obviously, like, why wasn't he? So, I mean, I'll, I'll bring it out again. I will say that that three-month stretch from January to March was the toughest stretch any Premier League team's ever had. No one's ever played every team above you in every match. You know, it just it doesn't happen. So that stretch was ridiculous. During that stretch, he didn't play a lot. You know? are, to be fair. Say that again? Southampton are playing every game to the team above them. The, but... not, not, not three months, Nick. Nick, trust me, it's not fifteen matches. I, I, I've, I've done the, I've done the, 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 the homework. I've looked. They have not. No one's had a stretch of fifteen matches where every team above them is, is a, a, they're playing as above. Oh, I, I trust me, I've done. I've wait looked at it. So I retire if that's what you want <laughs> to do. I do. <laughs> um, so, um, so, um, so he wasn't playing. But this is the thing. In January, we brought in Lakonga, right? So Lakonga was brought in to play with Decore. So we had Lakonga, Decore, and for the most part, Schlupp. So I'm saying to myself, where would Eze have played? Because Lokonga was brought in to play. And everyone, everyone who saw Lokonga play for the first four or five matches said, what a difference he makes. You know, he's more of a midfielder. He can pass a ball, etc. We're linked up well with, with Decore. And that's why Eze wasn't playing. Even now, you're looking at it, you've got now, now you've taken out Lokonga, you put Eze in next to, well, with Decore and now Schlupp. When Schlupp isn't playing out wide, it depends on kind of how, how he's set up. But the thing is, I'm not really sure where Eze would have played Unless you're just going to say, well, don't bring in Lakonga. That's when he stopped playing, by the way, when Lakonga came in in January, yeah. and just play Eze. So I get what people are saying, but and, and, I'm, and I have to give Hodgson a lot of credit because. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're right, Chris. He put his arm around him, said be yourself. You know, if, if you're falling off for one half, we'll pick up in the second half, whatever it took. And he's been, he's been phenomenal. But I'm not sure that would have worked playing Man United, Newcastle, Liverpool, no. Brighton. No. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have worked. Villa. Do you know, all these teams are just Brentford. So it's great that he's doing it now. And I'm not putting him down. I'm not putting anything down. I'm just saying, I don't know if it would have worked versus team. But now, 100%, it is working. I'm very happy about it. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? And as you said, like, we'll never know. We will never right. know what would have right. happened, how it would have gone. Right. You know, you go back and, and again, I, I hate people who, who like to, who, are, who are revisionist i really do and i and i try to own what i've said in the past and all that kind of stuff but if you go back and look at comments again social media message boards lots of people saying that Eze was a waste of space not the player he was before the injury yep. we're wasting yep. our time why do we keep persevering with him he's a luxury player all those all the tired old cliches get come out. Back instead of him yeah yep. get, yeah and now and that, but i suppose look i look at it two ways i mean i mean first of all you have to look and say Patrick Vieira was not getting the best out of Eze. And and I think it had a lot to do with the system. And it had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, that man Gallagher was was in the midfield before. Because yeah. you've got that hangover. Because the first problem you're trying to solve as a manager, understandably, because we all tried to solve it in our heads as well at the start of the season, was what do you do now he's not there? Your like-for-like like swap is not Eze. So you have to change how you play. So we tried, didn't we? We basically tried to have two sitting midfielders and Eze as a number 10. Well, that's not what Hodgson's done, is it? He hasn't come, nope. come in and said, well, we're playing Eze centrally as a 10. He's playing right side of a midfield three. And he's saying, yep. you'll give us a bit. You'll try and get a couple of tackles in here and there. And he does. But that's not really what you're there to do. But you're, you're right next to your mate, Elise. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you've got Joel Ward behind you, who's, again, you know, another resurgence, sticking two fingers up at Hambling once more. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like he likes to do. Every couple yeah. of months, he's just like, yeah, you slag me off again, Best Chris. I'm, I'm suddenly yep, going to raise my level again. Fine, keep doing it, but we still got a problem, Joel. <laughs> still no chance. Still no chance. Still no chance. But, but, yeah, I've been really, but like, I think, he, you know, again, other than, other than, Occasional, occasional aberrations and not being great on the ball. I think he gives a little bit of comfort there because you've got Eze yeah. and, and Elise ahead of him, neither of whom the defensive side of the game is, is what they're all about, right? But it's, it's it's actually a bit of bravery because Vieira never really had this season. I mean, he, he had kind of the, he had a bit of the fear going on, didn't he? He didn't want yeah. to do that. He, he he needed to protect that side side, but are you out there? Um, and it was all about protecting that part of the game, trying to find those combinations where Roy has been able just to go, look, I'm going to stick them two together and what will be will be because he's got the freedom. You know, Vieira's trying to save a job, save a, a season, <laughs> trying, yeah. to, trying to protect what we have. Whereas Roy is just like, well, I'm picking up from something that didn't work. So let's just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I can just, I can be a bit freer with it. I've just got to get smiles on faces and people playing together. What's a really good way of doing that? Well, confidence up on the, on the, on the big game players, confidence up on the, on the, you know, the, the people who are going to be your match winners. And it's, it's worked fantastically. Am I right in thinking it was the capitulation against Spurs earlier in the season that brought all this about? when we, we let in a lot of goals quickly and suddenly we went really, really defensive and that's where we went turgid. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say again, I think it's the fixture list. Right after that, we play Chelsea, Newcastle, May United, Brighton, Brentford. I can go on Liverpool. You know what I mean? I just think this fixture list, Nick, was so difficult. I know what you're saying and that capitulation to me, I'm still baffled by it because Tottenham are absolutely awful and it still bothers me to this day that we lost that match. But I think maybe he just thought, you know what? You know, we were nil nil at half time. He gave up four goals second half. What happened? You could be right, Nick. That might that, that could be it. it. It's it's possible, but I mean that might have been something that that caused that the kind of fear. And I think obviously the Fulham game was a massive aberration yeah. as well. Yeah, um, you know, two, two sendings off in the game, but it was just we were poor anyway. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that those were really damaging games. Um, as was I, and I hate to say it, as was losing to Forest. Um, 
back in November, just coming up to, to, to the break. Was it last game before the break, I think? Um, it was, we, November 12th, we'd, yeah. We'd beaten... We'd had, we'd had, other than a bad game against Everton, um, you know, when we when we lost 3-0, we'd actually... We'd got the tough start out of the way and we were playing some good football. We'd beaten Leeds, Wolves. Uh, then we got Southampton and Southampton. West Ham, didn't we? Beat West Ham, both, yeah. both of them together. Yeah. Draw against Newcastle. Um and then yeah, it was Forest just before the the break, and we just we were just we were just terrible, absolutely terrible that day. Lost momentum, um, and then came back, and and the Fulham game happened, and I think that was hard to get back from. Even though we won the next game, I think that was that was a real knock to the confidence. So three 0 against Fulham, four 0 against Spurs, and then being knocked out of the FA Cup by Southampton. And then, but you think about it as well, like we, we knew we were going into that tough run. So it wasn't a bad result to get a draw against United in Newcastle, was it? And nope. the draw against Brighton at home wasn't, wasn't a bad result. Um, I think I know. said it last week, Chris, that we, we had the fact that we're 12, we had those points. We got those points earlier on in the season. So we went through that mm. run and didn't actually drop in place despite the yep. horrendousness of it all. Mm. But anyway, we're we're going back in time too much. I feel. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we are. Yeah, um, but I just think it's worth people having that perspective, isn't it? And um, so you know, we talk about all the things that we did right, you know, but but they are fine margins, and you do look back at that run, and you do look back at that fixture list, and we have got to leave it behind and just say we'll never know, and it is what it is, and all those kind of cliches. But yeah, you know, we'll we'll also we'll we also will see, you know. After the next few games, we we will actually see um, what it's like. When I mean, what we got next? We got um, Everton and Evan. Wolves, Everton Wolves, Wolves yeah, West, West Ham. Ham. So again, yeah. you've got to look at that and you think, okay, well, it's possible playing the way we are. There's another three <laughs> wins there, right? And everyone's going to be happy. But oh yeah, but you know, we actually we've had two poor poor halves, and you know, would would a poor half against Everton in, in their desperate state? You know, we lost 3-0 to them earlier in the season. Would a poor half against them cost us possibly more uh, than Southampton were able to do? Similarly, a poor, poor half against Wolves or a poor Wolves, half against yeah. West Ham. We'll, we'll see. You know, we've got to keep that level up. And um, and we will have we will have difficulties. We're not going to win every game. And if at the end of the season somebody's repeatedly playing me playing me saying we're not going to win every game and we do, I'll be <laughs> I'll be really, really happy. But I I don't think that's gonna happen. Um but yeah, so I suppose yeah, back to the game. Look, lineup wise, we didn't change anything, and and that was very logical. Um, yeah. Didn't didn't really see the see the need. Obviously, Klein was out injured, so Richards came in on the bench. We saw Whitworth um, and Goodman swap as sub keepers. Right. I think that was the only thing on the bench that changed. Maybe you mentioned Richards, um, right? You said Richards, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Richards right. in yeah, for, Richards for and Klein, Ryan, yeah. and Goodman, um, yeah. It's good to see Richards back from injury as well. Again that's going to be his defining thing isn't it how often is he fit because it started to to look a really decent player in the games he played didn't he i've said that i mean i follow his career obviously live in america a lot and um i knew he's a career at bayern and in germany and that's his only issue with if he could just stay fit i mean the kid would have been the world cup starter for usa had he not been injured before the world cup so mm. that's the only issue and i don't know what he has to do to get fit but if he ever stay fit he's going to be a tremendous player for palace but it's a it's a massive if unfortunately yeah, for sure. Um, so, okay, well, I mean, look, the, the, the goals we scored, the, the first goal was obviously a tap-in from Eze, good work from Ayu. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the intensity that we started the second half with was really the reason we, we got that. We, we were very, very quick. We were a lot, lot stronger in the ball. So I suppose it does beg the question what, you know, Roy's saying your your quote that you picked out nick i guess really which was just reminding the players gently of the things that they hadn't done that they agreed to do at the start of the game <laughs> yeah. so what is it what what had they not done that they agreed to do at the start of the game run faster i don't know use their front leg more <laughs> <laughs> no, that's coming got to use the front legs not the back yeah, legs you got you can all those yeah well, leave, uh, uh, leave the back legs to the defenders yeah exactly front yeah, legs yeah. for the forwards um no, I think part of it was, well, after Eddie's goal, he kind of cupped his hand to his mouth as if he was laughing after the ribbing he got from that terrible free kick he took a couple of minutes earlier. The Southampton mm. fans 
Um, we're laughing at him. I don't know. We just, maybe it's psychological. Maybe they thought, oh, well, we did it against Leeds. You know, we did it against Leicester. We're not exactly famed for first half goals, are we? No, I guess not. But, um, I mean, we hadn't really threatened much, had we, um, prior to that? Um, no, we, we, like I said, we had the, the little bit in the first minute where we went at them and then they, they got back into it. But no, I think they Southampton, just the longer the game went on, the more desperate Southampton were because of their precarious mm. position. Um, and it was a, a bit of a jammy goal, wasn't it? Um, for him to be in that position, a great, like you said, a great cutback. But um, Southampton yeah. kind of went a bit flat then and suddenly we had that belief again. Do you remember, I think it was last season we were talking about it, how we had a poor start to the season. And it wasn't until we scored against West Ham that suddenly we realised we could do this. We still seem to be going through that process a little bit. If we get one, we seem to kind of become buoyant over it. And it's the doubt about getting the one, I think. Sorry, I've been distracted because the baked goods that I was working on prior to recording the show have arrived. Um, I'm nice. sure that was a really valid point that you made, Nick. But I was step. Was a bottle of Perrier. Yeah, I thank you. Perrier doesn't exist anymore, does it, or does it? I don't know. No, they changed the comedy yeah. award name. Um, I made we made we made pastry. Does everyone want to hear me eat pastry? Go ahead. Let me hear. It's, it's called a barreca. Sure. Is that is that French? I have no it's, idea. Um, Patrick says, "Is that French?" It's Israeli. It's Israeli. Oh. I'm going to try and eat it now. One second. Go ahead. Taste test. Sounds crunchy. Mm. Sounds crunchy. Um, ASMR fans enjoy. Those of you that aren't, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm not eating one at the moment. I'm on a Bereka fast. Amazing work. Right. Um, apologies. Gave you time to show. <laughs> Don't apologize um, for quality like that. Don't apologize. Look, it's all about giving people variety, isn't it? I'm sure. I'm sure there were fans of this show sitting there thinking nobody's eaten anything on their show for seven years this is really annoying me and there you go um thanks joe <laughs> <laughs> i had to i'm sorry i love joe but that was that was mm. his uh party piece as they say yeah. yeah see we could have had a what delicious pastry bake is um chris about to eat and nobody would have got that no, exactly. I mean, <laughs> no, it, I wouldn't. Have did I, did I say what the, spit, the 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 filling was? If I didn't say, you can no. guess it. You um, have to guess it. Uh, no. What was Jam. that jar that I opened Jam. earlier? Was it that? Uh, and it was not the duck pate. No. <laughs> no okay. Uh, Mikey has written the words "sheep" in the chat. <laughs> it oh uh, it contains no sheep. Lamb. No, I wouldn't think it'd be lamb. I mean, that's also a sheep, isn't it? Really? Is it? Mm. Lamb and sheep are the same. Are they part of the same family? Is it like they're literally the same animal? Oh my god! Wait, is a lamb a baby sheep? Vice versa. Yeah. Um, Mikey, can this go in the intro as well, please? Can this just hold on? Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Do people eat when people eat lamb? They're eating sheep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've never heard anybody eating sheep before, though. I'm so um, it, no, they always say lamb, but they don't actually. They always um, why? They don't exactly. actually. It's often not actually a baby sheep that you're eating anyway. It's usually, but mutton is effectively the older sheep. But they don't call it sheep; they call it mutton. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's why they get. But the, it, the phrase <laughs> "mutton dressed as lamb," which is that, they, they, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Out. But have you have you also noticed, like, if you go and buy a leg of lamb, um, it's right. definitely bigger than a lamb. It's a it's, sheep. It, it's sheep. But they don't a, call it a sheep. They don't call it a sheep. They call it lamb. It's a conspiracy, is what it is. Wait, um, hold on a second. This is I'm, I'm interested now. So when I was a kid <laughs> in the, in England, you'd wear like a, a Nick would like a, 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 a sheepskin white coat. You know that what it is, right? Right, Nick? Mm-hmm. Sheepskin coat. Yeah. Why do they call it a lambskin coat? Because it's, it's made smaller. out of sheep. It's wiry. Just told me. Just told me a sheep is a lamb. So what's the difference? Um, it'd be a lambskin coat if it was well, made from like, baby sheep. That's like saying a child isn't a human. This is ridiculous. I mean, to be honest, Nick, I do think that. I agree. I do too. This is true. I've so much just now. This show Patrick's is brilliant. turned into old man Dio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Being around that kid a lot, <laughs> he rubbed off on me. You took a break. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a break. Exactly right. <laughs> that, hence the break. 
Anyway, that I feel somewhat responsible. I, can't go on. I don't know if I can go on after this. I feel somewhat responsible for that diversion. And uh, if I hadn't uh, taken a break to eat that, we would never what have got feeling? Patrick. What is, what is, it? is it like an Israeli cream horn? I will tell you next week. Okay. Can't wait to. I'll tune um, in next week. If you want to guess, you can uh, tweet me at Hambo1980 if you still use Twitter like an old person. Uh, I don't know what the replacement is, but. Um, but you know, most people seem to be vacating it quite quickly. Um, you can them, email man. hi at backofthenest.com. I guess, Ooh, I guess if you want, Mikey. you can do that. Um, okay. you can, um, message Mikey, you can message DR <laughs> yeah. directly, just message it to DR. He won't know because he doesn't follow anything that I do anymore. Um, but if you just message him and tell him what's in the filling, don't give it any context, um, just confuse him. When next producer Sam does a Sunday show, mm-hmm. which she may do, and she likes to do a quiz, I want Patrick to be on it. And I want him to match the names of the animals with their baby names. Because I think he needs to practice and do some revision. Never mind what Terry Venables had for dinner in 1978. I think that's a really good idea for one of the rounds uh, for our Christmas show. Um... Seriously, as a former teacher, I've never, ever asked that question of, of one of my students. Did you know that a lamb was a baby sheep? Never, it never came up in social studies, science, never. I bet you Seriously. might what Terry Venables had for dinner in 1978, though. It never, it never came I up. I am quite confused because you know, you know what a baby goat's called? A kid? Yeah, you see, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's why the lamb sheep thing confuses me because it just doesn't sound mm. right to me. My brain is a computer. Do you know what a baby problem. elephant's called? Baby uh, elephant. Baby elephant, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's show a calf. It. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's a calf. I think. A calf. Um, but, but, I think but baby, baby whale is a calf. I know that's yeah. a fact. Baby, mm. Yeah, so. Uh, baby penguin? A penguin? It's, uh, it's just a chick, isn't it? It's just because it's a bird. Yeah. They're, all, they're all chicks, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, can we talk about football, please? Ah, fine. Um, so, the second guy was quite good, wasn't it, Patrick? It was. Um, and the funny thing, I don't know if it, I mean, you guys were watching, you went at the game, like Terence, um, Kara and uh, Sam were. I think I missed the build-up play to it because they kind of came out of like a, they were showing a replay of, I guess, the, the play that Joel Ward made. Next thing I know, I see Eze picking the ball up midfield and shooting and scoring. I'm like, what? How did he get the ball there? So, I mean, that's can you basic... explain to me what happened before? Is that what happened? Not really. Not really. That's, basic, that's basically what it was. Yeah. Is it? Oh, as, no, I'm as not I... I really thought I missed something. No, yeah. I mean, as I as I picked up the ball and decided that he was Lionel Messi. Um, <laughs> he was. I just absolute, just like dicked off, dicked past a couple of them, and then just smashed it in. And you're just like, okay, um, sure. Sure. Um, I, I couldn't quite uh, believe what I was seeing. I'll be honest with you. It was, um, you know, it was it was a moment of sheer quality that that wasn't really in keeping with the rest of the game. I don't think. Um, I agree. Because you know, wins wins do kind of cloud our judgment a little, um, and and we can kind of get a little carried away as to to how well we played. I mean, because it was a good second half, but it wasn't spectacular. You know, all, all I can really remember, I think, was, I think it was like Decore won the ball back. We were, we were kind of, I think Southampton had, were knocking the ball forward. We're obviously understandably a little bit rocked from going uh, going 1-0 down a little right. earlier and hadn't quite got back into the game. So they're just a little bit sloppy with their passing. I think Decore did what he was doing most of the game, which was sort of picking off, off the angles. It was him who played it, but Eze, he had his back to the goal, and it was that turn, wasn't it? Um, just beats beats a couple of people with the turn. Um, but if you've seen the angle just behind, like from from just behind him, when he strikes the ball, right? Um, it he because he cuts across it, doesn't he? Because like you first, you think he's he's sort of drilling it, but it's a bit more than that. It's kind of it almost goes out and bends back in. I don't know if you've right. seen that so, angle. Yeah, so I've got a golf term for that. We call that a fading golf. There you go. So we hit, yeah. the, we hit the ball from, from going left and goes back to the right. It's called a fade. The other way is called a draw. So he hit, a, even though yeah. commentators say he hit like a fade. It was a great, it's, it's a ridiculous way to, to hit a ball from mm. 25, 26 yards. It was a great shot. I mean, listen, that kind of quality you don't see in that other player very often. And 
No. Second half, I watched. Some, I know they had a. There was a a clip by somebody sent me that of him uh, late on in the game, like not making a play on the left side and just making doing all kind of nonsense down the by the corner and, flag. Yes, he yeah. yesterday second half he was absolutely unplayable. And, and listen, credit to him because listen, I think the first half, by the way, now that I think about it, my a friend of mine, um, T from the YouTuber, texted me that he thought that Lavia. Was mad market him in the first half, which is why he wasn't as, as um involved. In the second half, they obviously wanted to get more into the game, hopefully get a goal, and he just stopped doing that, which is why as they had more freedom, and hence he played much better. But I'm not sure if that's actually true. I'm watching it now. I think I think that's a that's probably a good observation. They would definitely, yeah. if you think about a lot of the things that as they did first half, when right. he cut when he cut back, he was running if he was running forward and he cut back. It was always Someone Lavia was... who was there. <laughs> yeah, always. Exactly. He's. Yep. A, I have to say, for the, for the record, he is a really love him. Really <laughs> love that. Love, love him. Yeah. Love so, to get um, him next season. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he would be certainly up there for me. If, if I mean, I think probably bigger clubs than us will be will be in for him because he's a he's a real talented player. But, he came um, from what? Did he come from City? Right? He's a City Academy I think, player. Was it Man City, City or, or Chelsea? Chelsea? Might yeah, be one Chelsea. Of those, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Walcott was impressive. I thought. Yeah, but he was he was just Theo Walcott, wasn't he? He was impressive, <laughs> but there's all there was that little bit missing of the yeah, end product, wasn't it? Yeah, and why he never hit the heights he should have done because he just doesn't just didn't finish anything off. the the one The one where he got in on the right hand side of the box and kind of drilled it wide because at first you're like that's just gone over the sort of the angle of crossbar and post and then you see it from a different angle it's like oh no he's completely screwed it wide like <laughs> absolutely just oh you know but yeah he i thought he was pretty impressive he was you know it, it was a surprise to me when they subbed him um he's 19 and from man city's belgium i didn't know he was belgium but he's 19 years old from man city's academy and he's wow he's 19 at that oh he's got he's got oh he could be phenomenal who was that <laughs> Guy who scored for Brighton yesterday, he was 19 as well. He's, his goal was pretty special too. What team is that? Don't, don't know team? that team. What yeah. team? Don't uh, talk I about. can't remember his name anyway, but they they, uh, <laughs> they put helped put us in within reach of uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea, mm. which is uh, always good. So I wasn't Sorry, hang, hang on a second. Let me just get a few things here. There was a, there's, there's a team called Brighton. That's one thing. Right. To, okay. And you're also saying that Roy Hodgson's Palace are within reach of Frank Lampard's Chelsea. That's madness. Yeah. What year is it? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's, it's 2017 again. It, yeah, it is. It's, it's 2017. Yeah, yeah, okay. 19, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, well if, it's tw- if it's before Brexit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what have I told you about politics on this show? Yeah, no politics. Come on, Nick. You know, Come on, you know that, once a month. Once a month, and we're not to mention any hatred of any particular party, especially not one that's responsible for bringing the NHS to its fucking knees. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, we're not allowed to mention those we're things. We're not going to do that. We're no. a football podcast. We don't talk politics. Don't. We might talk baby animals. Oh, yeah. What ah. is the baby animal <laughs> for? <laughs> a uh, um, chicken. It's a chick. You're quite right. Easy one, that. Right, let's move on. Um, yeah. Look, I, honest, honestly, that's probably about as much as we should do because we um, <laughs> clearly have had some major problems today um, mentally. But I think that's what three wins on the bounce does. I don't. I don't know the last time we experienced it. I suppose that's a a quick quiz question for you, gentlemen. Do you remember the last time Palace won three league games in a row? Well, it wasn't under Hodgson because he said in an interview. I watched it yesterday. He said he doesn't remember the last time he won three in a row. Actually, he said it was. He did say it was um, COVID during COVID. The COVID season, we won three in a row. Apparently. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, I ca- we came back and beat, like, what, Southampton, was it, or Bournemouth, someone? Bournemouth, right? We Bournemouth, I think that was the third in a row. And then we fell apart because, um, you know, we fall yeah. apart because we're already safe, etc. But, yeah, it was definitely COVID season that we won three in a row. But before that, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have known if you hadn't said that because it's been a long time. Listen, I'll say it, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it publicly. All credit to Hodgson and Lewington for what they've done with this team. I blame the players for not doing this when Vieira was in charge, but I will say again, I'll take it as a Palace supporter of 50 mm. plus years. I'm just happy we're winning matches. To be three points behind 
Chelsea is laughable but very funny at the same time. And <laughs> long may it continue because it's just yeah. it's just it's great. I love winning. I hate losing. No, it's yeah. good. It you know it for me. It just it's all about what what happens from here. Um, oh, hundred percent, Hamble. Yeah, next for, manager, yeah, next you know, set of players, investment, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I can be I can be happy in the moment, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it is a difficult one because look, I I appreciate again without getting into the <laughs> to the kind <laughs> of ang- angst of it all and the revisionism <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I just don't I just don't want to. You know, my my immediate fears when we sacked Vieira and did what we did. You know, I was I was basically in a place where I felt like we'd we'd just agreed that we should be relegated. That's how I felt. Right. Um, and I was a lot of it is because I was just really disappointed for Vieira. You know, yeah. with, with the timing of it, I was really disappointed, really sad because I felt really proud that he was our manager, and I thought he did a tremendous job dealing with an incredible amount of change in the squad last year. I suppose probably on reflection, you know, you start to think about the things that weren't going so well. I, I honestly didn't think it was on the cards that he would go anywhere. And I certainly, if you'd told me even the day before that we were going to sack Vieira and replace him with Roy Hodgson, I'd have just, I don't know what I would have, I would have just thought you were completely nuts. So I think the impact of it was, was quite significant. But we can certainly see that the players have, have been freed up from whatever was being held, was holding them back, from whatever was going on on the training ground that meant that they couldn't put you know, good attacking plans into in, into you know into match situations. Whatever was going on there is not going on there. So you have to look at it and say it was a massively brave and ballsy choice by the board to do what they did. I'm sure that they were conflicted in doing so. I thought they got it wrong. It seems like three wins on the bounce. They very much got it right. So let's all be happy together uh, and see what the next games bring. Yeah, I'm going to say you know what. You... Hamba, you're in my brain right now because I'm telling you right now. That's exactly how I felt. I was, I was, I'm, I was very proud to have Vieira as my manager. You know, being a person of color, you know, you just don't, you just don't see it. I mean, even when I was a kid, I mean, you didn't see players of color. Vincent was the first black player Palace ever had, and he was my, you know, it was great to see it. So that pride that you know him being there was was so important to me. So I was very disappointed. But again, like you know, you just you put into words. It's like, what's next? I'm very happy that it's working out. And you know, I'm not, I'm not as someone who said, oh. Hope we get relegated, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, I want players to do well, but what's next? I mean, what's next is really important to me, you know, the financial part, because Harrison Blitzer are definitely going to be leaving. Who's next? Does, um, um, you know, what? who does Parrish bring in? You know, who's the manager? Is it a project again? Or are we going to just go with a short-term manager next season? This is important to me because, again, you know, I'm at, the, I'm at this stage of my life where I really need Palace to do something significant, meaning, I'll say it again, win the win a cup. We've got to win a cup for me because I, I just need to I need to feel that. I need to do it. We almost did it, you know, 2006 and I was there. We almost did it. But all I want, I don't care about relegation after that. I want to I, I need I need to see Palace raise something bigger than a ZDS Cup. Just even the League Cup I'll take, but just win a cup so I can, you know, quote unquote, uh, not to be morbid, but die happy. <laughs> We've got a bed in the trophy cabinet. But that was for another show. Um, <laughs> that was brilliant, by the way. I, I I listened to that. That was great. Um, we have like a <laughs> our trophy. I, I've been there. I've been on a tour. That trophy cabinet is embarrassing. But the passport, I was so proud to see the ZDS Cup and the one that we won in um. What's the Iran. one they have? The Iran, yeah, the Iran, the Iran trophy with the preseason trophy. But I mean, we have a ball in there. I mean, it's just it's just it's funny. Still, it still feels weird to think. Um... It, that my I has had, I actually because I thought my first Palace game was a one-one draw with Arsenal when Gareth Southgate scored. Okay, but I, but I think that was after. I'll have to look it up. I think that was after the ZDS Cup final. So I am the if so I am the very definition of a glory hunting Palace fan. <laughs> my, my first game might have been at Old Wembley with oh with us winning. A, you know the only one fucking trophy we've ever won. Right. You know exactly. Chris. Chris mm, and Patrick, question for you. Mm, trophy ahead. wife or trophy cabinet? That's a that's a very odd question. Boy, not yet. Would yeah, you like Palace yeah. to win um not fair. something or have the perfect wife? 
Uh, I've got the perfect wife. So, Thank you. Okay. Uh, that's why we haven't won anything. And, it's bad. and Chris has the perfect partner, so we're not going to answer that question. Yeah, exactly we'll, right. So I, I was going to make. I did put my hand up to make a point um, <laughs> about uh, Ian Dowie was co-commentator on. He uh, was on channel, yeah. Um, yeah. and he just kept banging on about how sorry Steve Parrish was about having to let Vieira go as well. I think we yeah, all felt the, the way that, did, that both of you have alluded yeah. to. Uh, yeah. I said yeah. before. Um, it was just good. He just seemed such a decent bloke. But there you go. We've got Roy. And Roy is um, going to go out with a bang, not a whimper. We all thought his yeah. Watford days would be I agree. one of his swan song. But this is his swan song. And what better way for the mayor of Roy than to be going about business? Who'd have thought? We're so kind of... We've won three in a row. Fucking hell. <laughs> Maybe. You know? Really. And we're right, about yeah, it. But, but I, yeah, it's just easy now, isn't it? I'm just bored. Yeah. Give me a give me a trophy. No, um I <laughs> Exactly. I, I said look, I said it in the last, the last show after we after the Leicester game, um after the Leeds game, sorry. Um that I you know, I, I I'm really glad that this is his swan song and not I agree. He did not what it. happened before because yeah. I didn't like feeling like he was slowly <laughs> killing me with football. You know? I didn't like that. I wasn't wasn't enjoying yeah. it. Like, either, yeah. I didn't look at him and think, oh, I, I didn't hate him. Live with Roy Ball. Killing exactly. Me killing me. Yeah. Thank you. You should record the whole song like that. Um, but yeah, that's, I didn't like that. So the fact that this is now happening uh, makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. And I quite like it. So, um, but I'm certainly not going to going to revise any of my being problems. able to open stack jars made you warm and fuzzy it's nothing to do that's with true. i'm going to go and celebrate that now because i think that's more than enough of a, of a show so um yeah thank you very much i'll start by thanking producer mikey he um yes he's been typing almost entirely in capitals in the chat uh it says the last three messages from him say sheep patrick what ha 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 just, <laughs> for, just for clarity does Nick, are you interrupting what? me again? I am. I'm trying I've got, to end I've got the show. Before the end of the show, yeah. what's a baby lobster called? Because I've looked this up oh and everything. Um, crab. A crab, I don't know. Crab, no, you're close. Um, You've got the first two letters, right? Uh, a crawdad. Oh, no. It's a Ooh, cricket. fish. Cricket. It's a cricket. Okay. I guess I said two things that weren't lobsters. Anyway, right, let's move on. Um, thank you very much to, uh, to Patrick and, and sort of thank you to Nick, even though he. You know, you know, you 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 hear him every week. You know what he's like. So thank you very much to you for listening. Um, we didn't get to any contact. So apologies to those of you that got in contact. Oh um, yeah, but Oops. but we just got so um, you know interested in talking to each other. We forgot this week. So, but for future weeks, we will definitely uh, read and um, peruse all of your. Uh, your, your contact to the show. So the preview team should be back in midweek to look ahead to the Everton game at the weekend uh, and maybe have also have one eye on the Tuesday game uh, versus Wolves, which I suspect they will be reviewing um, in, in midweek next week as well. Um, we yeah. will obviously return to review Everton. Um, and, um, and until then, come on you Palace! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.